the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to this 820 AM The Word broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the heart of the city. Welcome to Heart of the City. I'm your host, Adrian Tijerina, Director of Local Ministry right here on 820 AM The Word. Thank you so much for tuning in today. On this program, we highlight churches, nonprofit organizations, and ministries to hear stories of what God is doing right here in the Pacific Northwest. And it's one of my greatest passions to plug you in to what's going on right now. So if you're listening to this program and you're praying and wondering, Lord, how can you use me? I want this show to be an answer to that prayer. And today I'm blessed by such a an amazing woman of God who is right here in the studio with me, Beth Burns, the Executive Director of Abundant Life, located right here in Washington. There's so much to say about Abundant Life, and I can't wait to get to our conversation today. But first, I want to let you know where you can find more information about this organization. That's AbundantLifeWA.org. AbundantLifeWA.org. If you want to know more about them, go to that website. You're going to get so much information. Beth, thank you so much for joining me in studio today for Heart of the City. Thanks for having me. Before we get into our conversation about Abundant Life, you know, I always love to hear from our guests on the show. You know, uh, I think sometimes we can go be so tied into the present that it's good for us to remember the past. And I know for our listeners out there, there's so much more than just what we're doing for Jesus. It's the testimony of how God has brought us to where we are. So, Beth, if you would share with us, how did you come to know Jesus and how has he led you to where you are today? Yeah, amen to that. This is my first time on the radio, so thanks for having me. This is so exciting. I'm yeah. geeking out. Well, I can't remember a time when I didn't love Jesus. Um, you know, I was blessed to be raised out in the country in Duval, Washington, and in an amazing Christian home. I met and married my amazing husband at the age of 19. I was a bit of a child bride, but wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> we celebrate 20 years of marriage next year, and uh, man, he's just a, an incredible partner. And a sharpening tool. You know, that verse, iron mm-hmm. sharpens iron. Sounds really cute till you get married. You're like, wow, that hurts. But <laughs> it's been a needed sharpening. And I'm so grateful for his wisdom and, and involvement in my life. So he's blessed us with three uh, beautiful children here, Ella, 13, Keegan, 10, and Finley, 3, and uh, one who's with Jesus. So we've known mm-hmm. known the suffering of loss as well in our marriage. And uh, Jesus has been so good and faithful to us through it all. But we um, we met and married uh, doing worship ministry together, of awesome. all things. So fell in love with some guitars and singing and uh, were worship uh, pastors at several churches for a number of years. And God closed that door and we found ourselves in kind of an identity crisis. Mm-hmm. We didn't quite know what to, what to do with ourselves. We had worked on this skill and craft and thought for sure this is where God was going to use us. And um, I'm sure many people can identify with this, that God doesn't always use us in the way that we think <laughs> We're best suited to be used, and I believe he does that so that he gets all of the glory and we can't take any credit for these skills we think we have. Um, So, 
you know, we we had kind of a desert season where um, I was sure that we were eventually going to be led back into worship ministry. And I think I was really pining and striving after that uh, and really missing a lot of things around me. So we had sort of a series of disappointments in our life um, that led me to a place where I just kind of fell on my knees crying and broken and was like, okay, Lord, I just want to be used. I Mm -hmm. thought that's how you were going to use me. I just want to be used. Use me how you want to use me. And I think that's really what he was waiting for because things kind of kind of moved in uh, fast forward <laughs> at that point in our life. So uh, it wasn't long before I noticed that my best friend was going to the March for Life in Olympia, Washington. And I was like, what? Uh, why have I never heard of this? We have a March for Life in mm-hmm. Washington State of all places. <laughs> that seems crazy. So I went with her to check it out. And with 5,000 other uh, believers, you know, marching on, on Washington's Capitol was really inspired that there really was hope, even in our state, in a place that feels very dark and and kind of like a lost cause sometimes, I think, to us, even in the church. So mm-hmm. uh, God just really lit a fire in my heart at that event. I remember praying on the way home, Lord, please don't let this fire die. This is a cause I've been passionate about since I was nine and wrote a letter to Bill Clinton. Sure, I was going to change his mind mm-hmm. on, wow. <laughs> on the issue of abortion. Awesome. I got that form letter back from the White House. and was like, yes, it, I've arrived. It's happened. <laughs> he didn't change his mind, though. That's <laughs> surprising to me still. But, um, but yeah, seven years later, he's still fanning that flame. He's taught me so much in these years of ministry and just looking for answers on how he wants to move, not how I think. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, if I could just ask you a a little bit more about that, because sometimes I think when we step into a new area of ministry or life, um, I found that, you know, one of the greatest ways that you know that God is on the move is how other people might come alongside you and encourage you in that way. So maybe if I could just ask you, you know, what sort of conversations have you had with folks just to encourage you along the path? Yeah, how, how has God answered you through maybe other people? Yeah, well, you know, I'm so thankful for that friend, and I'll name her, Megan Crawford, has just been a huge um, influence in my life uh, for good and just kind of... As we even drove home from that event, we were both so mm-hmm. in awe of, you know, what God could do. And instead of thinking that, you know, things were really over and there really wasn't anywhere for us to serve. And um, I think like a lot of believers, I spent a lot of years doing my baby bottle campaigns, which I highly suggest you do. And I think everyone should do them. But it felt to me like throwing pennies at a million dollar problem. There's so much. There has to be more. What more can we do as the everyday Christian to make a difference for the lives of these little babies and their mothers? And so I kind of started there with Megan, but really many years before that with my parents who have continued to be um, so encouraging and supportive in every step of, you know, well, now I'm going to go try this outreach. Mm -hmm. And now I'm going to, you know, gosh, I'm learning these things over here. Um, I have to credit them with uh, massive support. And then I'll I'll get into it a little bit later. But a great, great mentor and friend, David Graves, who runs Living Hope Mm -hmm. uh, Ministries in Arlington, um, has been just a huge influence and for good and and challenging sort of the ideas that we have as pro-life Christians and how we can do even better. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, we've been to a few um, events together, and I love the way that you speak sort of prophetically to the church. Uh, and, I, and I put that in, in, the, in, in a way that, that can give our listeners a glimpse, because when I hear you talk about um, just the call that the church has to serve and minister to our culture, to our, the people in need, I feel like it, it really is that sort of a prophetic 
uh, telling of what where we need to be going. But not only that, but but an encouragement that that this is what we truly are called to be and do as the church. So if I could just ask you a little bit on that, you know, uh, I, I recognize that as a spiritual gift of yours. Obviously, you're already writing letters to Bill Clinton when you were young. <laughs> so ha- have you have you had people affirm that in your life? And what does that look like for you, you know, to be so bold to speak out? Have you always been this way? Uh, or is this something that the Lord has continued to cultivate for you? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. I should hang out with you more often. It's, you're an encouragement, so thank you for that. It is always, um, I think, heartening to be with other believers who recognize things that maybe we don't recognize or see in ourselves clearly. Um, so this has been a journey for me. I mean, really, about 15 years ago, I said out loud to my husband, I just I can't talk about abortion anymore. It makes me too angry. I just shut down. It's not effective. And I pretty much wrote off dealing with it. And I swear at that moment, God's like, well, I already knew what I was going to do with you. But now you said it out loud. (laughs) (laughs) Guess what you're going to talk about all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, really, I think through just uh, a passion for apologetics, a passion for learning, um, just logical thinking, Mm -hmm. which wasn't natural to me whatsoever. Anybody who knew me as a young woman could attest to that, um, that uh, God's just really done some work. But really, it's uh, nothing that I have wasn't given to me. And that's that's actually a line that uh, one of my great mentors told me that when I thank him for everything he's poured into me, well, nothing that I have, you know, was mine. It was all mm. given to me by people who have uh, hard fought and hard won um, any wisdom or, or courage that they have. So I really feel like I've been blessed with people that showed me how mm-hmm. do you have courage? How do you speak truth and love? How do you season that with yeah. words of, from the gospel and um, from scripture? So, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I found that a lot, you know, when whether it's it's an interview that I hear on on uh, TV or something, some when somebody is representing Jesus, I always feel like uh, there's always a missed opportunity when they don't speak the truth in love, or when they don't act, when they don't point to the scriptures as the source of of why we do what we do. Uh, I think that that's a missed opportunity because when somebody's asking you and. and I do pray for all of us, anyone who's listening, that, you know, that as Jesus said, that when you're, when you're before the people of importance, that the Holy Spirit would give us those words to speak. Because I do think that, you know, when, when, we, when we lean into our own uh, frustrations, we can, we can, you know, come off as, as, as maybe um, a little bit too antagonistic when really when we show our heart of love and then that's where the passion comes from. I think that that shows people the way uh, toward understanding what we believe. And uh, some of the best conversations I've had with people are when they're really truly asking why a Christian or why do I believe what I believe. Uh, that's such an opportunity that we don't want don't to miss. So it's great to hear that uh, just from you because I, I think, you know, for some of our listeners who might be more naturally bold to speak out against things, you know, there's a tempering that happens. And so it's just really cool to hear um, how the Lord has really worked that out in your life. Oh, yeah. It's been quite a journey, and I'm I'm excited to see what's next. <laughs> there's a just a verse that, you know, really brings into uh, clarity for me, just the idea about our job as believers, <clears throat> that, you know, the gospel surely being pro-life, you know, is a result of, of knowing and loving Jesus, but that our call as Christians is pretty clear. Um, and James one twenty seven says, pure and undefiled religion before our God and Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress and keep oneself from being polluted by the world. That's uh, a pretty big charge. <laughs> and so obviously, you know, a big part of that in today's world is going to be laying our lives down and looking at, you know, what's the biggest moral 
uh, issue, who are the people that are experiencing the greatest hurt and loss of life, and that is uh, pretty clearly the unborn. Of course, there are many issues that carry great mm-hmm. weight that we you know, don't want to minimize or, or say it all has to go into this one place, but there's an urgency to this particular issue, and that's just really where the Lord has led me, that as Christians, um, we should be about this business at some level. Thanks again for listening to Heart of the City. This is Adrian Tijerina, Director of Local Ministry here at 820 AM The Word. just wanted to take a moment to invite you to check out a resource that's going to help you as you get plugged into events that are happening locally. It's the Community Events Calendar on thewordseattle.com. When you go to thewordseattle.com, look under Events, and there you're going to find a calendar of everything that's happening right here in the Pacific Northwest. This is a great way for you to get plugged into churches and ministries right outside your door. And if you're a community leader and you've got an event going on, whether that's a church play or a concert, maybe even a VBS, go ahead and submit that on there. It's a great way for us to all get plugged into Christian fellowship. Again, go to thewordseattle.com and look for the community events calendar. Before we get back into this conversation with Beth Burns with Abundant Life Washington, I just wanted to encourage you, if you are a follower of Jesus and you love to see people come to know him, would you take a moment to pray about those that you know who you might be able to point to a resource like Abundant Life? Because they're doing such amazing work here in Washington. Do not hesitate to reach out to Beth and get whoever needs these resources plugged in. We want to see the body of Christ move in a powerful way, and you are a part of that journey journey. Now back to the program. Well, you are listening to Heart of the City, and we are joined by Beth Burns. Beth is the Executive Director of Abundant Life, a multifaceted ministry located right here in Washington. And before we continue our conversation, I want to let you know that if you want more information, you can go to AbundantLifeWA.org. That's AbundantLifeWA.org. So, Beth, as we continue our conversation, I just wanted to ask you a little bit about Abundant Life, uh, the history of Abundant Life, and how did you begin to get involved? Yeah, I'll try and keep it as brief as I can. But after attending uh, that March for Life event that I mentioned in 2015, I learned about an event coordinating prayer on the sidewalks at Planned Parenthood. And that seemed a little radical to me, but I was (laughs) willing to at least (laughs) give it a try. So after talking it over with my husband and seeing how he felt about me taking to the streets of Everett, uh, we both felt like it was an acceptable risk to stand up for these Mm -hmm. little babies and to um, just really hit my knees and ask the Lord what's next. And it wasn't long before I was standing in the rain holding a cigarette and an umbrella. It wasn't my cigarette. (laughs) probably the first time I've ever held a cigarette. I'm a church girl. Did you hold it like the right way? I don't know. Probably not. (laughs) It's probably a disaster. (laughs) But uh, it was my first experience talking to uh, a pregnant mom who had come to Planned Parenthood. She'd recently been Mm. released from jail. And uh, she was coming up the sidewalk. I'm thinking to myself, oh, Lord Jesus, like, I just came here to pray. I I don't know if I'm supposed to engage Mm, people or not. I'm not really trained for this, right? And uh, sure enough, as she was turning in, I was like, should I say something? And she just, she turned and veered right off to me. And Mm -hmm. she asked for to use my phone. I'm like, okay, Lord, that's a pretty clear sign. So she used my phone. And we talked for about 45 minutes. And I heard about a life full of trauma and abuse and Mm. abandonment by her father and, and many people in her life that had hurt her. And uh, at the end of 45 minutes of largely listening and doing my best to present the gospel and, and share Jesus' love with her, she ended up writing her uh, the information for the local pregnancy care clinic on the back of her abortion consent forms. 
And I had this just massive epiphany. Wow, these people, they'll just talk to you. You can just come out here. And mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what evangelism is all about, right? But yeah, right. So learning, learning, learning. So as I continued to serve on the sidewalks, uh, the Lord graciously led me to my mentor and friend, David Graves, and his ministry, Living Hope. And um, because of David's ministry, there's dozens of babies who are alive and their families found tangible help and the hope of the gospel through his remarkable work. And he really taught me how to build a logical argument for life, but more importantly, how to deliver it with love and uh, compassion and the, uh, the truth of the gospel. So I, I learned from him. He shared a vision as I was learning and, and shadowing him for a new organization that would work as a hub to unite gospel-centered, life-affirming work in the Pacific Northwest. There's many, many organizations that would name Jesus and affirm the sanctity of human life, uh, even if they don't seem on the outset as if they'd be a a pro-life organization. And uh, so he shared that vision with me and then introduced me to a new friend and and now mentor, our fearless board president, Mike Impola. He is also the owner of uh, Cornerstone Home. So he allowed us, uh, with his greater vision and, uh, Mm -hmm. and resources, to launch our unique nonprofit And we got to work networking and helping fund these fantastic ministries. Um, So we started meeting in Marysville with three ministries, about five people. Uh, And as of today, we have 36 local partner organizations meeting. And we we meet in three monthly regional um, locations all across Washington. And it's about 30 to 50 ministry leaders that come together each month, which is just mind-blowing to me. That's amazing. Yeah. I've heard, although I haven't seen this in our region, that, you know, sometimes there can be a bit of a... Burger King, McDonald's mentality among nonprofits that, you know, there's only so many donors and dollars and, you know, there's work mm. to be done. And and by God's grace, we haven't seen that. We've seen people that were hungry for community and really willing um, just like Galatians uh, commands us to bear one another's burdens. Yeah. You know, this is heavy mm-hmm. work. There's people facing some really difficult stories day in and day out and brokenness um, that it's it's really important to be able to come together with people who you don't have to explain what that's like, mm-hmm. and they, they already get it. Yeah. So uh, our organization just serves as a hub for these local organizations, um, and we kind of help them to more efficiently meet the tangible needs that come as a result of choosing life. Of course, that goes well beyond birth. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of ministries doing a, a variety of things, um, and then we're working to foster community amongst the resources to avoid duplication of efforts and better steward the resources that we have um, and enabling them to meet greater needs. So um, basically, along with our partners, we're able to connect families to housing, medical services, counsel, support groups, a free auto clinic, pregnancy care, and adoption referrals. We just we know that no single organization can meet all the needs that a woman and family has. There's usually layers upon layers of need yeah. that she has. So we help make those connections and act as a safety net in the process. And we absolutely love our role in this pro life ecosystem that we're part of. That's so cool. I love to see, I love to see how it, it's grown so much. I mean. Like just just to 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 be a place where people can connect together. I mean, just you know, sometimes I feel like as churches we can feel like we're fighting that battle alone with it, whether it's in a particular neighborhood or a particular city. But the fact is, is that we are all ministering in different ways. You know, um, I was on staff at a church in Colorado, and it we rarely talked to the churches across the street. <laughs> and these are Bible-believing, Jesus-loving churches. Yeah. And for some reason or another, I couldn't explain it, but the church culture was just so divided. 
that um, that we weren't willing to cross the street and say, hey, uh, how are you reaching the community that I'm not? You know, how how can we come together to enable one another? So I love I love that just the, the, the coming together of all these different things to provide, you know, so many different resources for people who need it. That's yeah. super cool. Amen. Well, and I love uh, one of our staffers, Mary, says, and I just love the way she puts this, that this isn't really revolutionary. It's biblical. We're the mm-hmm. body of Christ. We all have a different role. We're a different part. We shouldn't look down on one because they do a different job than we do. And I think just like anybody, we're prone to do that. And so it takes that relationship and community that you know the face, the name, the story of these other directors and ministers, you know, in this area. And suddenly any wall that you might have that the enemy is going to use to divide us gets broken down and you're praying together and you're laboring together. Mm -hmm. And we're so much stronger when we do that. That's the way that God intended it. And so it's been really exciting for me uh, to get to see anything from, you know, God's frozen chosen all the way to the the, the charismatics, you know, dancing Mm -hmm. on the tabletops. Of course, not really that. But we we love getting to work alongside all these brothers and sisters and the unity that he's really gifted us with. I don't think that's something we can grasp. He's gifted it to us, and we just love it. Yeah, so if I, if I may ask you a question, uh, I'm thinking of the pastors and the leaders uh, out there. Uh, you know, maybe they're just listening to this program, and they're thinking, you know— uh, they're take you know they're active in, in their churches and they they know that there are needs. Uh, how would you uh, you know maybe recommend that somebody plug in you know to something like this if if they hear about a need that's happening at their church? What what would you recommend? That's a great question. I'm glad you asked it. It's my favorite <laughs> question of the day. Um, I think that there's many people sitting in our local churches feeling like I did that they are very convinced of the evil of abortion. They know they need to do something, but they're just not sure what to do. And unfortunately, we haven't always done a good job of talking about what all those various opportunities are. So that's something we're pretty excited to share with the church. We love to connect with local pastors and ministries, even to sit down, bring a cup of coffee and, you know, talk about what the opportunities are. Um, Right now, we ourselves have some opportunities to serve through our monthly auto clinic in Arlington. We do oil changes, uh, break jobs and inspections for uh, the families that are being served by our 38 partner organizations. So they will refer them to this auto clinic. And there's opportunities for all kinds of things, from car washing to hospitality to driving cars back and forth. Um, It's a real fun one for a lot of men and youth to get involved in, where Mm -hmm. they maybe feel like, well, I'm not going to go counsel at a pregnancy clinic, but, you know, maybe I could do that. So we've got opportunities that way. Um, We always have a long list of service opportunities needed through our partner organizations being connected to so many, especially after COVID. We really see a lack of people in -hmm. many of those positions. God has been uh, providing for sure, but there's still quite a few open. We have a super exciting conference coming up in October. That is a great opportunity for them to take that first step, Mm -hmm. just learn how to be equipped and engage and and get engaged or get uh, started up that way. Um, We've actually started hosting some pro-life apologetics forums uh, within the local church. Uh, We've got several for young adults coming up in August, and that's something that uh, we can engage in trying to help really just winsomely talk about this issue within Mm -hmm. the church. There's many, many opportunities. I could go on and on, but we would love to hear from uh, churches and ministries and help them figure out where their place is in this. You know, one thing I also love about what you're doing, and I wanted to make sure that I, I, I emphasize this for our listeners, is how... God uses things that are broken to bring healing. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's personal loss or struggle, God will meet us where we are, you know, show us the way, <laughs> yeah. and then allow us to be equipped to then minister to others. Mm-hmm. So for listeners out there, if you feel like maybe you've gone through something in your life and you're just wondering if God could even use you at all, I just want to encourage you that you'd be surprised to know how God will use the struggles that you have 
the way that he ministers to you, as Paul says in Second Corinthians, that we, with the suffering that we suffer, we can then encourage others. And I just love that, that you all are doing that. You're, you're equipping people to, to come alongside people who are broken mm-hmm. uh, to bring healing. And so I just want to encourage you as a listener, if you're listening to this program and you just, you know, you're not sure how you can help, you know, uh, Beth just said, you know, you could come in and just serve somebody physically or maybe just having those conversations to, to talk with somebody about how God has has helped you and helped you grow through difficult situations. I just want to encourage you in that if you're listening. You know, God will surprise you <laughs> with the way that he uses you. Yeah, amen to that. <laughs> well, Beth, uh, maybe one last question about getting plugged in and, and how we, we might be able to support those in need. Uh, if somebody knows somebody who's in need, uh, is, can they refer or how, how would they get in touch with you guys? Yeah, if they go, if you want to go to our website, we have a contact form and we are happy. We really like to work as a funnel. If there's something where you know a woman or a family and they have a need and you're not quite sure how to meet it, we are pretty well connected at this point. And beyond our 38 partner organizations, our website does have a myriad of resources for anybody in a family scenario. Mm -hmm. And they're great resources. It's vetted monthly. So you're not going and and finding frustrating broken links and phone numbers that don't exist, things like that. So, uh, but always, you know, feel free to, to reach out to us and we can help find an answer if it's not clear. Well, Beth, thank you so much for joining me here in the studio today. It's so cool to hear all the amazing things that God is up to. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much, Adrian. And if you're out there and you'd love to get plugged into Abundant Life, you can go to AbundantLifeWA.org. That's AbundantLifeWA.org. Well, thanks again for listening to Heart of the City. This is Adrian Tejerina, Director of Local Ministry here on 820 AM The Word. If you'd like to hear more episodes of Heart of the City, you can go to thewordseattle.com and look for Heart of the City. There you're going to find archives of all the shows we've done to listen about what God is up to right here in the Pacific Northwest. If you'd like your pastor or ministry to be featured on 820 AM The Word, give me a ring. My phone number is 206-269-6208. Again, that's 206-269-6208. Thanks again for listening in, and God bless you. You've been listening to this 820 AM, the Word special, Heart of the City. For more information on how your pastor or your ministry can be featured on 820 AM, the Word, go to thewordseattle.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.